The following podcast will contain graphic, disgusting, crass, foul, mature, and immature content. I am Roscoe Tim Toscobble, a half-elf rogue, and I miss Grace terribly uh, when I have time to miss her between hiding and stabbing. This is Sir Colvick Darkseed, half-orc cleric, and I'm really wondering, whatever happened to Hot Carl? Melvin Hardmeat, High Elf, Wizard, son of Philip Demetri, son of Gillisir, Master <laughs> of the Free Company, Defender! Of his enormous manhood, a shining example of chivalry and champagne. Previously on a very good adventuring team. Oh, you're the taint people then. Nice work on all of that. Inside, you see the two halves of the chalice together glistening and taint-free on a bed of velvet. A brief tremor shakes the platform and you turn to see a green tube of light has encased the children, the pedestal, and the chalice. Oh, down below, it's where they do the recharging, you see. Recharging? Well, the chalices, that's why we brought them here. Did anyone explain this to all of you? I just hate the way you sound. I punch Enrique in the throat. (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna eat that throat lube? Now I whisper to Melvin, make him shit himself. I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) And from the open hole leading into the mountain, you hear a hollow thud, and then another, and then a third, followed by the faint screams of Paghorm and Grace. You have very successfully convinced him that you are going to throw him into this hole. And he casts Thunderwave. See, this has happened again. This is the <laughs> second time <laughs> I'm trying to do this and someone casts Thunderwave on me. Uh, do, do, do. Maybe stop throwing, trying, trying to throw people into holes. <laughs> they should stop believing me. God. Quit grabbing wizards. Uh. Do so. I'm going to need you to make a Constitution saving throw. Okay. I'm sorry. How far down the hall are everybody? It's about a hundred feet down to that platform. With uh, pipes and so forth, jutting out all the way down, or just towards down where they are. Only at the bottom, you can see exactly twelve pipes are sort of uh, going into the base of this platform. So Constitution saving. Constitution saving throw. That's going to be a 14. That is a failure. You are going to take a pathetic 5 damage and are pushed 10 feet away. I'm going to have you make one more roll of a d20. One. You're pushed into the hole. Ah! I regret nothing. Colvick, oh, Roscoe, uh, sorry, not Colvick and Roscoe. Colvick, you're falling. Uh, Roscoe and Melvin, you're watching this happen. You watch him grab this knob and like start shoving him towards the hole. 
And you see Thunderwave get cast. Uh, Kolvik tumbles and falls through the hole. Uh, anything you guys are doing about it at this point? Yeah, I'm going to kick Enrique in the back and try to kick him <laughs> into the hole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm going to jump after, jump off the, jump into the hole. Okay. After Kolvik. Um, so let's start with Roscoe making his kick. 15. Uh, a 15 is enough to miss, unfortunately. You swing wild of this guy. Do I follow him? <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't roll low enough for that. But you do see Melvin dive over the edge. And then Melvin, having dove, div, divin, doven, dove, having gone over the edge, having dove, uh, you are now flying through the air towards Kolvik and towards the ground. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to do you want to do anything else? I mean, is there another thing you wanted to do there? Uh, oh right, um, I'm gonna try. Just, just like this is the end. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> if Kovic's going, so am I. We're in this together, buddy. <laughs> Party kill! Right towards the end of the campaign. Wouldn't that be amazing if that's the way we ended it? Just, just never mind. We're done. Get it. Roll new character. And so what, 100 feet down, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'd say you guys are maybe like, uh, let's call it 25 and 35 feet down a piece. Um, Does Melvin do one of these so we can catch up? <laughs> yeah, <No, he's laughs> <guy. laughs> skydiving, like, like needlepoint. I will, actually, if I can. Oh, um, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point. I want to see if I can um, get my hands on him, if possible. I think you can. I think that uh, Kolvik is flailing and uh, causing a lot of air resistance and let's say you guys are uh, I got all these dice I can roll you guys are 73 feet from the ground when you catch up to him that's not very far or uh yeah 73 feet yeah you caught caught up with him like right away yeah it's like you only fell like 27 feet cool so I have him you've got him you've got like an arm on his what, what, you just like reach out and randomly grab his left leg. You've got his leg. All right. I've, I've wanted to try to do this. I've never had the right moment. I want to try oh. to use a clerical um, divine intervention. So beginning oh, at level 10, you can call your deity to intervene on your behalf when your need is great. Mm. Mm-hmm. Your need has never been greater. Employ your deity's aid requires you to use your action, describe the assistance you seek, and roll a percentile dice. If your roll is... No, sorry. If you roll a number equal or lower than your clerical level, your deity intervenes. Sweet. Yeah, and the DM chooses the nature of the intervention. All right, man. Give me a roll. So apparently, um, I would choose that I would want, um, you know, to not die. I mean, <laughs> yeah, not to uh, to stop falling or to help us in some sort of that fashion. And well, let me get that. A percentile. That that's what it is. There we go. Oh, 92. 92. The uh, terrible whatever's keeping uh, the gods away from this island succeeds in keeping them away from this island. Melvin, I think it's back to you. Uh, I'm going to try to get two hands on Kolvik, if possible. Yeah, I think you can do that. Let's say you're down to like uh, 50 feet by now. And then I'm going to scream, bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> you bloop it up. I believe we've established that the Plubian amulet is not enough to make two people fly, but the amulet certainly is enough to slow down the uh, the descent um, down to a manageable and, and not bone-breaking level. 
So, uh, Melvin's got... Uh, you know what, Melvin? I'm going to have you make a strength roll. Oh, good. <laughs> 18. Fucking A. Uh, you were able to successfully hang on to Kolvik, and you guys are drifting down to the ground. Say so you're about 30 feet up now. And uh, Roscoe, in this time, you uh, you tried to put a boot in the back of this uh, this weirdo and swing and a miss which is weird that you swung at him twice and missed. That's interesting. Anyway, um, so you you went for it. You saw Melvin dive into the hole. What are you doing now? Teleport down there. Oh, nice. Making use of your fucking gear. You guys are a bunch of pros today. Let's teleport down there. <laughs> <laughs> you go peek over the edge of the hole and you pop on down. I think it's... Uh, I don't think... There's really even a roll. I mean, it's so close, and you can literally see it. So I, I think that's that's about as easy of a success as it can be. So like, Kolvik, you're looking up between your legs at uh, Melvin holding your both of your ankles uh, as he is gently drifting down after yelling "plube" a bunch of times. Uh, Melvin, you look down and you see Kolvik, and you make eye contact. Then the both of you look up. You see Roscoe's head peek down the hall, and then it disappears. And you both kind of like, what the fuck? And then you look down, and there's Roscoe down on the ground below you. Uh, and you successfully, you you figured out my falling trap. <laughs> my, my riddle, my puzzle. And now... So gonna, gracefully as we do. I'm yeah. going to let go of Kolvik on top of Roscoe. <laughs> well, if he's going to do that. Uh, I am. <laughs> My cunning action allows me another action, does it not? Well, sure, yeah. All right, I get out uh, my pest bottle, fire hose bottle, <laughs> and I fire it up at the floor. my original plan, but Melvin uh When did we turn down. into the Three Stooges? Like, <laughs> it's one of you spinning a fucking ladder. <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop. Yeah, you get a little, you get a little spray, and that, and that uh, further gentles the fall. Kolovic, you are sopping wet, but you're able to land. I think. Uh, well, you know, let's find out how you land. Why don't you give me a dexterity save? All right. Dexterity. Um. Not, not, not. Uh, we got a fourteen. Fourteen. I mean, you're not coming down in like a full-on three-point hero landing or anything, mm-hmm. but like. You land, you tuck, you roll, and you, you hop back up, and you're fine. You Melvin, la- you... F- you landed with your sphincter right on the, on the water thing. <laughs> <laughs> if only you had a towel. On the spigot. <laughs> Here we are at the end of everything. And Anyway, uh, so now the very next thing I'm going to have all of you do is roll some initiative. Oh, come on, you fucking son of a bitch. There you son of a bitch. Bastard. How are you? Holy nightmare. I think we're going to be okay. Dude. Did they roll 18, uh, 13 through 18 like that? Uh, no, what I did is I just rolled and then went descending order okay. from that just so that they're on different oh. numbers. All right, Roscoe, tell me about your initiative roll. Uh... I rolled a natural 20 and added 5 to it for 25. Excellent. Kolvik. I rolled a natural 14 
added three to it for 17. Melvin? I rolled a nine plus eight, puts me at 17. I like that you guys are all doing the math for me. Uh, Melvin, I think your dexterity modifier is higher than Kolvik's. It is at three. So you will go ahead of him. Roscoe is going to start off, and then we have a bunch of tentacle horror beasts that are down here in the uh, spaces between those shafts and are lashing out at, well, at that big green tube that the kids are in. And, well, now they're going to start lashing out at you as well. Getting real sick of tentacles. Gala, Uzan, Zokats, then Melvin and Kolvik, Gidrox, Chisel, Hawkex, Zevril, Stacroils, Kron, Hisats, Folers, and Katiek are the disgusting nemesi that surround you on all sides. Roscoe, tell me about your first turn. All right, so I'm looking around. And so we are stuck on the circle or we can run out on the pipes? I think you could run out on the pipes if you gave me uh, a dexterity check that succeeded. Okay, and we can see that these are all separate monsters? Uh, yeah, you can more or less see that they're like separate clumps of things. And you can reach, basically, like, whichever one is on the same quarter that you're on, you can reach them, because these tentacles are writhing everywhere. All right. I will take a sneak attack at Chesuil. Is it close enough? He's five feet away from Kolvik, right? Yep. Yeah, so you just have to scoot over to that side of the platform, and then I think you could reach Chesuil, who's kind of like the one o'clock position. So you want a dexterity roll for running out on the pipe? If you're going to get out on that pipe, you're going to have to give me a little dexterity. Not going to be a high check, but enough to make sure you don't roll on in. Roll on in. Just a dexterity, not save. That works out even better for me, actually. 20. With a 20, you are able to successfully shimmy out onto the pipe and get stabby. All right. So we come the right and the left, 24 and 19. Both are hits. Uh, or I'm sorry, I fucked up. The first one, the 24 is a hit, the 19 is a miss. Holy moly. Alright, 14 damage, plus sneak attack damage. You just grab like a mid full of dice. <laughs> it's so many dice. Meat handed. 26 more. Uh, so a grand total of 40 damage. Pretty low roll, actually. And I'll scoop back off that pipe if I may. Yes, you can. All right, our first tentacle monster is Gala. And Gala is going to do three tentacle whip attacks. Where is Gala on this map? Melvin, you are going to be the target of two of these attacks. And the cylinder itself is going to be the third one. That is going to be uh, a critical miss. And a 26, so it sounds like one of those will hit you. I'll use my illusory self ability to avoid nice. the one attack that hits me. There goes that one whip, which misses you. The other one missed anyway, and uh, the last one strikes that uh, fucking thingamabob there. Um, okay, so basically this is a stationary object that they're whipping out at, so they're pretty much always going to hit it if they go for it. 
that's going to be a total of 17 damage to the to the thingamabob. Now, is this a cylinder that goes all the way to the ceiling, or...? Uh, it stands just a little bit taller than you guys, so about 7 feet tall, and it's about 10 feet wide or so, enough to, to like easily contain the two kids and the pedestal they're, they're standing around. So some damage got diggity done right there, and we move on to Uzan. Uzan is going to attack also Melvin. Uh, that is an 11 and a 26. Got anything for this one? Wizard. Um, nothing that will help. 11 is a miss. Alright, so for the one attack that does hit, that is going to be a total of 19 damage for you. Zocats is the next one to go. And Zocats... Zocats is going to do something just a little bit different. Zocats is going to cast a spell called Sunbeam. Is going to cast a spell called... Okay, it did work. <laughs> uh, so this is a beam of sunlight or radiance that stretches across this platform. Uh, and it is going to strike all three of you. I need each of you to make a constitution save. If you fail, the DC is 24. I think you all will. Yeah, yeah. Ten. Five. DC Constitution? Is that what you're saying? Constitution save. Constitution save, yeah. Eighteen. I mean, you... Yeah, there's no sense. There's no way I could beat that ever, right? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Unless you'd have to have a... Plus four. four. Yeah, at least a plus four to match it. Ouch. Yep, that's not happen. All right, so each of you are going to take 28 damage from this sunbeam. And Melvin, it's over to you. Uh, hold on, I gotta fucking subtract a lot of hit points. Well, um, these guys mean business. I think the only thing I should do here is deploy the boob. Get into the boob! Do do. Conveniently, the boob is approximately the same size as this platform, so we're just gonna say that that's about the size that it takes up. It's almost like it was made for the boob. I may have known that you would cast this. I don't know. We'll, we'll... I'm almost certain you did. Is that why the cylinder looks like a nipple? You know, it does kind of look like a nipple. We have completed the boob. You know, I recently had a request from Justin, one of our patrons, asking me to uh, basically do more visual stuff for the podcast. And, uh, and I was like, well, we've all got a face for radio. And uh, we're not really going to be doing any videos anytime soon. But I'm going to take a, a screenshot of this here combat scene so you guys can see the horrible crap that I put these guys up against. And I'll, when this episode gets posted, I'll, I'll throw that out there on the Twitter and, and the Facebooks, if I remember. I should be able to remember that. Melvin, would you like to do anything else on your turn? Don't think so. Cool. Boob is up. Uh, I suppose I should actually probably draw... Let's make a big yellow line for the... for the boob. Nope. There we go. I don't know if that's the exact correct size, but... There it is. Kolvik, it's over to your turn. 
So while we are in this boob, we can no longer do spells inside to outside, can we? You cannot cast spells as we firmly established through the boob, but you can step outside of it and then back in. Oh yeah, because there are pipes there and such, isn't there? Mm Mm-hmm. So there is. And if you step out onto that pipe, I will need a dexterity check from you. All right, so I'm gonna go ahead and pop over in front of me, outside of the boob, for a dexterity saving throw. Just a dexterity check. Dexterity check. Or you can do, uh, what would it be, acrobatics if you wanted to. I don't know if you have any pluses to that. Pluses? You got any pluses to that? To athletics, I do have pluses. That'd be 27. All right, you're able to successfully get on out there and do what you want to do. I'm going to go ahead and try this again and cast Flame Strike, because I do not believe these are all one entity, are they? They are individual entities. They are individual entities. All right, each creature in a 10-foot radius will take a 4d6 fire damage and 4d6 radiant damage. Kablooey, that's going to hit two of them. If I hit it uh, on... Well, you could you could get three. I think we're I gonna suppose. go for three. That's what I was shooting for here. Yeah, you can get you can get just up into the edges. There, okay, yep. I'm gonna go ahead and do it um, in front of me on Gidrox. How you say that? G i d r o k s. Uh, Gidrox. No, Gidrox. Yeah, sure. Gidrox. Just Zoke. weird sounding guttural Zoke-cats names. And Cheesel. Those are the three I would attempt to. Excellent. So I'm going to make me a dexterity save for each of them. Uh, the highest one is a 19, so that's going to be chisel succeeds. The rest of them fail. All right. 46 for fire. 18. 46 for radiant. 13. A grand total of 31. Boop, boop, boop. Bop, bop, bop. And then half as much rounded down will be 15 for chisel. And I run inside the boob. Return to the boob. Uh, Gridox, the one that you just hit, is in fact uh, going to, like... You're not expecting this, and you're completely thrown off as it happens, because the writhing ball of tentacles that is Gridox grabs onto the pipes around it and launches itself towards the boob. It is going to strike the outermost wall. On that wall, it is going to take 10d6 fire damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful save. These are going to be... uh, Are they dexterity? Is that right, Melvin? Oh, boy. Yeah, it's a dexterity saving throw. Uh, And so what is your save, DC? Uh, 19, I want to say. 19. All right. It hits the first part of the wall. That looks like a failure. Roll me up 10d6 fire damage. That would be a 38. All right. Takes the full 38. Uh, Now it's going to strike the orange wall. Make another save. Oh, that's another failure. 10d6 uh, acid damage. D6. 29. All right, 29. This thing does have, in fact, resistance to that. You notice that your acid is not quite as effective as you want it to be. Uh, 
so that'll be 14 damage. And then it strikes the yellow layer. Get a little bit of lightning damage. Let me try the save first. Oh, that's another failure. I mean, another 10d6. That is going to be 23. God, these rolls suck. 23, yeah, that's a lot of ones in there. Uh, do, 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 and I'm sorry, what did I say that was? That was the lightning layer, which this creature also has resistance to. Uh, so that will be 11 damage. This thing is now in the bloodied range. Uh, green. The green layer. That's another failed save. Give me that damage roll. 32. 32. This one, the full damage goes in. Actually, you know what? I totally forgot this thing actually had resistance to fire, but fuck, it's long gone now. Uh, da, 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 da. So now we move into the blue layer. That's another failed save. 10d6 again. All right, we have 10d6. That's going to be 33. All right. Resistance again, you can tell. You guys getting pretty fucked up, though. Might not have given up enough hit points to get all the way through. Uh, now we move to the indigo layer. Do-do-do. Ah, oh, that's another fail. So it has the restrained effect put on it. And if it fails, constitution saving throws at the end of its turns three times. It'll be permanently turned into stone. So that is something that I will now need to keep track of. And finally, the violet layer. Uh, well, and this one actually doesn't really mean much because it can't be blinded because it doesn't have eyes. Um, but it still gets the condition. Wait. So it still gets the... Wait, how does this play out? I should have looked at this beforehand. Okay, so it failed the save. It has the condition that is blinded, even though it can't actually see. But it's relevant that it is blinded because it will have to make a wisdom saving throw at the start of your next turn. A successful save ends the blindness, but if it fails the save, the creature is transported to another plane of the DM's choosing and is no longer blinded. But who gives a shit, because it'll be out of combat. Uh, so Melvin, uh, we need to keep track of the fact that... Gidrox is blinded. We put a little cool insignia on him. Uh, and didn't one of the other things... What was the other thing? It's restrained. I always fucking forget about those. Like, I put those little icons on them, and yeah. then I forget what they meant. But I should, you know, and I'll, I'm gonna put a... I'm gonna put this little blue dot up in the corner, and we'll see if that helps me remember to look at my other notes where I wrote those things down. Gidrox has now slurped its way through the entirety of the prismatic wall. Whoop. Is pretty fucked up. I would imagine is sizzling and steaming at this point from all the various damages that it took as it went through. Uh, but now it's here, and it's inside and it's next to you. And it is going to take its three tentacle whip attacks. Kolvik, you're the closest. Roscoe, you're the next closest. So it's gonna take two attacks at Kolvik and one attack at Roscoe. Um, 
three of these dice. Uh, oh man, this dude fucking sucks. Uh, that's going to be a 24 and a 13 and a 13. So I think the 24 is going to hit Kolvik and that's it. Oh, well, look at that. So I do have my sentinel feet. When a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against another target other than you, you can react using your melee against this creature. All right. Why don't you take your melee attack? Okay. Go ahead and do that. You melee and attack upon this creature. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, motherfucker. All right. That will be a 25. 25 is enough to hit. Or seven bludgeoning and 12 radiant for a total of 19. Excellent. 19 damage has been recognized and registered against Gidrox. Oh, I'm sorry, how much damage did I get against me for his attack? Uh, after his damage, or sorry, after your damage was successful, we now do the 19 damage that you take. 13 slashing and 6 necrotic. So you're like super gross now. Oh, gross. 19, huh? That is correct. Heck. Mm -hmm. Gross, 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 gross. Hello VGAT fans, welcome back. Or is it your first time here? Could it be? Could it possibly be? I suppose there's a chance, in which case, welcome. Probably the biggest news of all has landed this week. Miat got a haircut and a beard trim. Miat, you look so handsome now. Not that you weren't before, but you know how it is. We all agreed that it looks great and we hope you like it too. Your head must feel 10 pounds lighter. A very close second to that news is our latest artwork has finally landed. Sorry for making you wait so long, I started talking about it way too early. Anyway, Minerva Fox did a portrait of Exute and Grace for us. You can find that posted on Facebook, Twitter, and of course, our website. I suppose it could go on Instagram too, but I can't say as I've really put anything up there anymore. We don't have any cute selfies to post, so Instagram really isn't our best platform. You should check out more about Minerva, though. In particular, Vigor Into Dust, the Kickstarter, which is currently running, and her amazing work on Heavy Metal Sailor Moon. Despite the fact that I just recently used Sailor Moon tertiary character names in a story arc, I've never actually had much to do with the original series. But I was pretty entertained by Minerva's take on it, obviously taken with her artwork. You can find Minerva on Twitter and most other social media platforms as at blue underscore troller. Go ahead and take a look. It's amazing stuff. One other random thing to add to this uh, mass of a weekly mid-roll is, have you ever played the video game Journey? It was originally released for PlayStation 3, then re-released for PlayStation 4. I just recently learned that it's available on PC now, too. If you haven't played this game, I highly recommend picking it up. It's a very peaceful, chill game, weirdly heartbreaking and beautiful at times. I don't know, this isn't an ad for the game or anything like that, I'm just telling you about a thing I really liked and was recently reminded of. So anyway, that's what I've got for you this week, kids. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Let's get back into the action. We move down to Chisel's turn. 
Chisel is going to do the same fucking thing. Is going to launch itself at the the boob. Uh, Melvin, how about we do this? Because that was really irritating going through all of those different dice rolls. And I'm sure while everyone at home was fascinated to listen to like 700 dice get rolled, I'm going to make two dice rolls for saving throws. And if it's two failures, we'll say he fails all the saves. If it's two successes, we'll say he succeeds on all of them. And if it's one of each, he fails half of them. Just to save us a little bit of time. Because that's the result I was expecting. He failed both. Uh, so, Chisel is going to fail all of the saving throws. And then I think to save some time, if you're cool with it, uh, let me just have you roll your 10d6 twice. And we'll just average those two. How's that sound? Unless uh, you want to roll every single one of them. We will. I mean, I can clean that up and then make it quicker in post. I can just play it on fast forward so we sound like chipmunks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean, because really, it's easy for me. I can just roll like a 50d6 or something. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, how many layers actually do damage? Five, from what I can tell. Uh, red, orange, yellow, green, blue. Yep. You're going to get like 30 ones. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Thanks, roll 20. Go ahead and just roll 50d6. Uh, 50d6 comes out to 160 damage. 160 damage, okay. And then now the last thing that's weird about this is these creatures are in, uh, are resistant to uh, all but one of those types of damage. Basically, they're not resistant to the poison damage. Um, so if we took 160 divided by 5... Separate rolls, so that would have been 32 for each. So that would then be half of that, so 4 times 16 <laughs> plus 32, so it'll be 96 damage. Okay. We mathed the fuck out of that turn. <laughs> Next time, should I just roll a 40d6 and a 10d6? Yeah, that'll work. Okay. For the time being, though, that's 96 damage to Chisel, and Chisel is destroyed going through the layers. Ouch. Suck it, chisel. Yeah. There are 11. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of these fucking things to go. Yeah. 11 remain. Um, Hawkex is going to throw itself at your layers. I'm going to do that same thing where I just roll two d20s and we'll see how that turns out. Because, uh, yep. They've only got a plus one, so they're pretty much always going to fail. Uh, so that's two failures. So 40d6 gives me 127. So that'll be 63 damage. Plus another 10d6 for 37. Alright, that is damage that is done. And now Hawkex is inside of the prismatic sphere. Uh, they are restrained and they are blinded but they are still able to reach both Kolvik and Roscoe, and actually this guy's now in range of Melvin, so you guys are each gonna get some tentacles. Like fucking, never mind, I'm not gonna say that out loud. (laughs) You all know what I was gonna say though. Uh, Okay, so tentacle attacks to each of you. Uh, Going in order from top down, Kolvik, it's gonna be a 24 against you. Yeah. 
And this and this guy's rolling with disadvantage. Uh, for what? His restrained condition should give him disadvantage on attack rolls. Does it? According to this, it does. How did I not know that? I thought restrained was just. No shit. Yeah. 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 And attack rolls against them have advantage. Hmm. Well. Indeed. Because I didn't. Oh, yeah. Okay. I was thinking of grappled, not restrained. I had the wrong effect in my head. So, yes, very good. Uh, those are at disadvantage. So, I am going to then have to re roll. Uh, give me just a second to write this down. So, that was a 24. Uh, Roscoe's is going to be a miss anyway, because that's only a 14. And then Melvin's was a uh, 26. So re-rolling the one for Kolvik is now a 14, uh, sorry, 24. So, well, that is the same thing. And now With Melvin's... With disadvantage, even. Yeah, Goodness. and Melvin's went down to 24. So a 24 against each of you. And then I can always this jabroni at. He's not by me. Never mind. Uh, so Kolvik. Uh, well, 24 hits both of you guys, right? Yep. All right. So first one against Kolvik. Ooh. That is going to be 19 damage for you. And then the second one against Melvin uh, is going to be 14 damage. And let's see here. Do you have anything that can increase our, D- our AC, Kovic? I do, but I also, think at this point, I'm almost, yeah, 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 yeah. I was thinking, I was thinking that too. What was I gonna do there? Uh, at this point, Zerville is just going to move a few feet over to the other opening because there is not room for it to get in on that side. Stacroils is going to stay where it's at because there's not really enough room for it to get into the boob. Uh, where is Kron? Kron is going to... is going to leap into the boob. And... Melvin, why don't you give me your giant damage rolls while I do those saving throws. Holy shit, that's actually a success. It's a 40d6 for 138. And 34 for a D- 10d6. Alright, so that's going to be a 78 and a 17 for those. Uh, and then it is going to take... Let's just see what it's going to do. It's going to take two attacks at the, uh, the thingamabob in the middle. And then one at Melvin. Um, so the two that hit the thing in the middle, the, the protective shieldy tubey thing, are just going to hit, because it's impossible to miss a giant tube. And then the one against Melvin will be a roll with disadvantage. Fucking, I rolled an 18 and a 19. Uh, so that's a 27 and a 28. So that's going to hit you. And that will be for 13 damage. Uh, twice, or? No, just the one time. Um... Because it hit the, it hit the thing in the middle. Which, speaking of which, I should roll that damage real quick. Hit the thing in the middle twice, and then hit you once. Pretty sure I'm gonna die here soon, guys. Shitty thing about that AC boost is it only affects one person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Hisats doesn't have any room to get in. In fact, really none of these other dudes have room to get into the boob. Uh, so Fowler's Katiek and Hisats are just going to skip their turns because they don't have a way to actually get in and be attacking you at the same time. So they're just going to grossly writhe around the outside of the edge here. And, uh, well, then that, that there's uh, the end of round one of combat. I think we should be focusing on other things and try to kill them. Uh, oh, I, go on, I don't know what happens, but I'm pretty sure if I go unconscious, that prismatic wall is gone. I thought the prismatic wall was just like it just happened and it lasts for ten minutes, because it's not concentration. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's not a concentration. Actually, good thing it's not. Otherwise, I probably would have lost concentration by now. <laughs> True story. Round two of combat with terrible, terrible, terrible tentacle monsters. Roscoe, take it away. Oh, boy. Alright, um, I'm going to attack, very sneakily, this, uh, Gidroka? Gidrox. Gidrox. Get your rocks off. So, I rolled a 13 and a 17 with my two daggers. Or, I'm sorry, a 31 and a 17. (laughs) The 31 is a critical hit and definitely successful. The 17 is a miss. Does that critical, that double all my damage, or... What does it do? Um, yes, every dice you roll. It does not uh, double the modifiers. Good. Good. I literally don't think you can not, not kill this guy. Wait, okay. How many negatives was that? I don't think you can not kill this guy. So what do you get? You get 10d6 now? Yeah. And that's doubled plus the... It's, I suppose you could, you could potentially not kill him. If you rolled all ones, I think you would not kill it. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. We didn't do it. that. So I got 18 regular damage and 72 uh, sneak attack damage. Obliterated. You have oh. destroyed the first of these combatants. Gidrox has been removed from the field. One just, of, uh, just 11 to go. One of them already exploded. That was nice. Did one explode? Yes, Which it one did, exploded? Because I tried to go through the barrier and it went. Whoa. Oh, fuck, that's right. All right, I'm just going to have to cut all that out. God, I fucking hate... I hate doing combat over multiple recording sessions. <laughs> or just leave all of this in. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, fuck all that. <laughs> not, not like I listened to it all today. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> a question before I take a cunning action. Okay. Is that a pillar, like, uh, in the center of this thing? That is the tube that contains Paghorm, Grace, and the uh, Chalice. And it's sort of like an energy field that's around them. Is it opaque? You can see enough through it, yeah. All right, then I'm good. Alrighty. That ends Roscoe's turn. We go over to Gala. Um, Gala is not able to see a good way into the circle and is going to just hold off. Uzan is also in that lower corner and will hold off. Zokats. What is Zokats going to do? Zolting. Zokats is going to do nothing. Zokats is going to wait. And then we're going to go to Melvin's turn. All right. So how, how big are these things? Uh, they are large creatures. They occupy about a 10 foot by 10 foot 
Uh, we'll call it Q because they're, I mean, it's just a big writhing mass of disgusting tentacles. Gotcha. Well, uh, hmm. so can they fit through things? Like, like an octopus? Yeah. Maybe they probably could. I mean, it depends on what thing you're, like, could oh. they fit into an anus? Probably not. Depending not on the anus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could they fit into a whale anus? Maybe. <laughs> Could they fit into a wizard anus? Probably not. Again, just not all the way. And these guys are just in like the lava outside, right? That's lava in the machinery there? Uh, it's machinery in the bottom of this. So to, to kind of describe this, the picture's not really all that clear. Yeah. You guys are on this central platform with the pedestal, the two kids, and the little force field around it. Mm-hmm. There are these 12 pipes that go to the walls. There's about a 30, 40 foot gap between the edge of the pedestal, or the platform rather, that you guys are on, and the walls that go all the way up 100 feet to the top of the platform, where you started this whole thing. And then beneath that is just a big mass of different weird looking machinery. I mean, I kind of use like gears and other things to, to make it look like that. Um, but it's it's stuff that like you guys wouldn't and recognize. And that's where this stuff is coming out of, right? Yeah, this is like oozing out of that, and they've been sort of wrapped around. So the, this is the totally pipes. that scene in Final Fantasy VI, and that underground that castle part. I have yet to play Final Fantasy VI, actually. So really, this is yeah. It actually you can, you can find a screenshot it. or something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just started typing "Finally Fantasy." <laughs> 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 I'm not gonna hit enter. <laughs> At last. Anyway, I'm not going to spend any more time looking this yeah. up. Let's just assume that, yes, it's just like the way uh, yeah, you imagine that. it. And enjoy reliving your childhood or whatever. Melvin, let's go. It's <laughs> your turn. I'm going to cast uh, Major Image mm. at the sixth level. Ooh. So I don't have to concentrate on oh. it in the future. Oh. Mm. Oh. And uh, what I want to do oh. is... Oh. Create an adamantium cage around us. Basically kind of like a mesh. So uh, I want it to start around us, basically kind of surround us in a way. And then I want it to expand outward so as to push the two tentacle monsters that are currently in the boob with us back out through the boob. I'm going to get rules stickler on this one. I don't think that you could do that specifically because it would push them back through the prismatic wall, which would cause damage. So I don't think we can do, I don't think we could do quite that. The way I understood it was as long as the image doesn't cause damage. No, nah, we've talked about this one before. Like you couldn't like put a case around someone and suffocate them to death or like push them I mean, it gets into a real weird gray area. Like, you could use it to maybe push somebody off of a cliff, and is that, like, I don't know. This, it's a fucking weird philosophical debate. I think if you're trying to, like, protect yourselves and whatnot, what I would do is say you can move to the other side of the little shield tube thing there um, and get a case around you, Kolvik, and Roscoe, and the tube, but I don't think you can push these things. I don't think you can push them through the prismatic wall. Okay. Well, then I want to expand it in such a way so that other tentacles can't make their way into the boob then. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. And you're going to leave prismatic wall up and alone or anything. You can't really change the shape of that, can you? That's just, it's a boob and it's always a boob. Always a boob. 
All right, so I'm going to have to kind of Always a freehand. How about with this lovely blue color? What's new, booby cat? Whoa, whoa, whoa. How big can you make a major image again? 20, hold on. I don't think quite as big as the boob. 20 foot cube. 20 foot cube. All right, so let's say I'm going to delete the thing that I just drew. Oh, yeah, and even if, even if we were going to play out that other scenario, 20 foot wouldn't be, wouldn't be big enough to push these things off of this platform because the platform is 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 feet across. So what, I'll probably want to move closer to Kolvik. Well, let me ask this. Can I move, is that green thing in the middle some, like a pillar? Or what is that? It's it's sort of like picture like a just a, a a green tube of of shielding energy that's that's uh yeah, it's just a cylinder. Like so I, if you went like north one space, you could be there. It'd be pretty tight, but you'd be there. Or you can move all the way across should you want to. Uh I feel like I would leave the range of Cran, who is right next to me, thus giving him an opportunity attack. But I could, uh, nope. So I'm just going to move as close as I can to Kolvik and Roscoe. All right. So let's say this. I don't know how I'm going to, yeah, does that work? I'm not even sure if I can create this. Well, I should be able to create it around this. So what I did was I, I drew on the screen. I think you should be able to see it now or on the map rather a 15 by 20 foot box. We're going to say that's where your invincible adamantium box is. And so you move five feet, create the box. You're now like protected or shielded from any direct assaults coming at you. And now you could complete the rest of your movement for this turn because you've only used five feet of your movement. So if you wanted to scoot over now, you could, or you could stay right there. doesn't matter. You've got an invincible shield inside of your semi-invincible boob. I will stay here and then, but I will expand it to its, it doesn't have to be a cube. But that's like the maximum space that it can be. So I will want to expand my wall as close to the cube walls as I can. So let's just give you... Can you see that line I put on there? Yeah, sure. So you're, you guys have in your adamantium shell something like two-thirds of the, of the boob encased. Oh yeah, yeah. Based on your uh, your image that you put in there, Kolvik, uh, Gerard. Here's the problem. What a mess. Yeah, that that Final Fantasy VI. That's that's a bunch of machinery, and then some tentacle stuff coming out of it. Mm hmm. It just brought back a pleasant memory. Thank you. Mm hmm. Could you imagine if that's what, that was your job, maintaining giant machines, and you went down below someday, and you're like, hmm, what's causing all this mess? Oh, it's a horrible tentacle monster that's writhing in and out of this engine. Gross. That's not where monsters belong. <laughs> get, a, get out of here, you monster. Get out of here. It's like I gotta get to the... You rascal, yeah. What's the, the the workbooks for like each car? They're like this thick, like the mechanic book. What like a they? Chilton's book? Yeah, ch let's get the Chilton's book out. Let's see how to take care of this problem. The, the airship Chilton's. <laughs> <laughs> the hands manual. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. I don't know what those things are. For like a specific car, it's just like the in-depth uh, mechanics of it, so you can fix it. Yeah. Uh, Tells you how to take everything apart, the torque specs, everything else. Hmm. Good to know. Good to know. Melvin, you have created an invincible shield in your big area here, and uh, 
you've got a big boob outside of that. How long? Uh, how long does this image last? It's until dismissed, right? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, and prismatic wall is ten minutes, or is it? I have it up. I don't know why I'm asking you. You'll just lie to me anyway. Yep. Quite a long time, battle-wise. Many, many rounds. All right, you guys are all in case. Did you want to do anything else on your turn? Any other uh, rule-breaking, game-breaking? I shouldn't say rule-breaking. This is all well within the law. <laughs> I'll just, uh, if I can, yell over to Kolvik and Roscoe and say, try to get into the center of the cube as possible. Why is it better to be in the center? Well, that way I'll be able to expand it and take up more space in the future. Oh. All right. Kolvik, tell me about your turn. Hearing the cry of Melvin, I'm going to do just that. I'm going to get out on my way down south next to him, above him, inside of our new... (laughs) Above him? Above him. Climb up on his shoulders? (laughs) (laughs) Piggyback. I know what you meant, but it was a way way funnier image. Wizard back. All right. And then I'm going to do my clerical duties and cast... Mass Cure Wounds at the 6th level. Ooh. So normally it would be a 3d8 plus my spellcasting modifier. But with that extra one, it'll be an extra 1d8. Excellent. 4d8s? 4d8s. And I also have Supreme Healing, being a high-level cleric I am, so it automatically goes through. I don't have to roll dice for it. Who's hurting? Melvin's hurting. Mm, I'm pretty hurt. I'm hurting. And you also have Kesha's Bling of Healing. Mm-hmm. So I was going to add all that. So do we each roll that? or, or No, we just, we just get it. Oh, holy crap. So we get 24 plus... Eight, or, uh, well, 8, 16, 30, 30, 30, 40, 30, 32 to 32. start with. There we go, 32 plus another 4 for my Wisdom modifier. 36. Plus 30, another 36. 4 from Kesha's Bling of Healing. 40? Mm-hmm. Man, that's baller. 40... Actually, yeah, 42, because I also have Discipline of Life, and so it's another two to another, so that's another two. Holy crap. Yep. Yay! 42. 42. Truly is the answer. Sweet. Nice. Very nice. Nice. If only you had done 69 healing. Then I'm we could working say out. Nice. I'm healing as much as I can. <laughs> Damn it. Not as nice as you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I wish I could remember... The other day, my lovely wife played a word in Scrabble. She got onto a triple word score. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was, but the word was like rectum, and she got 69 points for it. (laughs) (laughs) Did he say damn near killed him? Rectum. Damn near killed him. No, no, my, um, I totally fucked it up. Her word was defecate. (laughs) (laughs) Even better. Defecate, and she got 69 points for it. So, and I, and like, how awesome, how awesome is my partner that like, I was in the kitchen and she was like, huh? Huh? I was like, what, what are you talking about? And she, I looked over at her and she was like, eh? Eh? Like nodding at the <laughs> Scrabble board and like, I can't read that from over here. Is that, is that eight letters? Is that clear the, how many letters are on a stick? Oh yeah, seven? yeah. That's why she got so many points for it because it was a it was a eight letter word where she used all seven of her tiles. The fifty point bonus. Yes, I love the fifty point bonus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the game we've got going right now, we've both gotten two seven letter or eight letter words. 
Did I ever tell you guys the story, not to take away from this very exciting and glorious combat, where Melvin just, like, made it totally dull <laughs> by making you guys invincible? Are you kidding me? That's the best part of it. Yeah, yeah. For you guys. I, I was, now <laughs> yeah. My favorite part is to see how Melvin makes it invincible. <laughs> so, at one point, we're, this is long ago, long, long ago, when I was when I was still in the dating game, and I went out with this girl... Because at the bar, we're, when we were, uh, first met, we were talking about how we both loved grape soda. We both had never been to this mystery bookshop, and we both loved playing Scrabble. So we're like, well, that's a fucking date right there. We're going to go get grape soda, go to the mystery bookstore, and then we're going to play some Scrabble. Fucking A, here we go. Let's do this. Very wholesome, you know, especially for somebody that you meet at a bar. So we go to the mystery bookstore. It was actually pretty cool. It was this little basement one, you know, and uh, that was pretty neat. Got some grape sodas, and we're like, all right, let's go play some fucking Scrabble. So we go to her place, and we're sitting on her living room floor, and I'm, like, setting up the Scrabble game. And I was like, oh, shit, um, do you have any paper? I didn't bring, I don't have any paper or anything in here. And she was like, oh, <laughs> well, I don't keep score. And I was like, what? Yeah, okay, whatever. All right. I, I can deal with that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, right? The look you're giving me right now is, the, is like, my inside look, but I, you know... <laughs> I still really in, enjoyed this young lady's company, so uh, here we go. Let's play Scrabble without keeping score. <laughs> so she puts down a word that goes down to like the bottom row, uh, like two or three tiles from the like the bottom left corner. I put down a fucking eight-letter word that spans from triple word score to triple word score using all of my tiles. It was a single word. It was worth like I can't even remember anymore. It was like 150 or 160 points. And this is like pre-cell phone, camera phone, any of the rest of that day. So I just sat there and like... <sighs> <laughs> well, I guess nothing happens and it's your turn now. <laughs> the only thing worse would be if she started putting words that weren't connected to any of the other words. <laughs> like... <laughs> That would be terrifying, and I would have left immediately. Anyway. <laughs> All right, so that is, that's uh, that's Kolvik's turn. That's some movement anyway, and some, some healing. Kolvik, what else would you like to do? I moved, I healed. Nothing else, really. Excellent. Good turn. We move on to Hawkex's turn, and... Uh, what the fuck are you going to do, Hawkex? I think Hawkex is going to kind of like pound on your adamantium image made real cage that you guys are in. Impotently. <laughs> Impotently. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Impotence. And that's that's about it. There's not really a lot else they can do. They certainly don't want to go back out through the, uh, the horrible wall. I never did the... Episode 112, Down in a Hole, was released on November 24th, 2019. We have unending buckets of tentacles coming at you next week on... Vegan! 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 The Very Good Adventuring Team! 
shit like, I don't know, taste, hard versus soft poo. No! Or intimacy versus filth. Or... Intimacy versus filth. What are you doing? I like watching men pooping. Or... Let's see. I shit myself at work. (laughs) (laughs) 